FranklinPalmShirtCapsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is uh, Tuesday evening, March the 14th. Um, we're recording this podcast a little early. One, because Virginia has a game on Thursday, and then two, because some of us will be driving uh, to Orlando uh, come morning. So I uh, want to go ahead and obviously touch base uh, with the crew and, and, and talk about this matchup that Virginia has to start the NCAA tournament against UNC Wilmington. Um, we'll also obviously talk a little bit about the bracket in general and, and talk about the, the tournament as it is. Um, so w- before we do that, um, I, got, I, I have a rant. And, and, and I almost wanted to go on the rant right there. When I, the, but we're going to go in around and, around and inter- introduce everybody. Out in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the podcast. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Mr. Franklin. Uh, who Dave's on the board at? Who Dave's on Twitter? He's still trying his best not to have to say my name on a recorded I'm going to come up with something at some point. All right. Uh, <laughs> Staff writer Justin Ferber is also back on the show. Welcome back, my friend. All right. Good to be back at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. He's he's in Arlington for the record because he'll get on me later if I don't say it. Uh, yeah. Also, at what point are we or what point are we not back and we're just like part of the? Well, no. The reason. All right. Hold on. Time out. Cavs corner also on Twitter. It's Cavs like we're under, Cavs underscore corner. Great play. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Okay. The point of being back is that you guys sometimes like you know Ferber will have you know soccer or Dave will have some randomness with his kids or something. And, like, one of you guys won't be here. And so I say back because you're here, right? And and um, at this point, I did do a podcast on Monday where you guys weren't there. So, I mean, come on. I mean, you don't want to be back. I mean, all right, that's fine. All right, we, I, from now on, I, I'll tell you what. From now on, Ferber, you want to you do the in- intros. You can do the intros, okay? You, you can have the conk. You can have it and do it however you feel like. But I, I like them apples. You like that? No. I'm in a very ranty mood. All right, I have to go on a rant for real quick because t- all right, why is rant it rant two? You mean? <laughs> You're right. I just randomly go to rant, which is funny because like the, that thing I just went on a rant about, I honestly don't care about. Like I totally will take it out, and it won't even matter. Um, why is it? Why is it a thing? What's the deal? Why? Why is it with the NCAA tournament that every website that does a bracket has to try out its new fancy dancy, um, way overproduced, way crappy user interface nonsense like i just want to click on a bracket and have a bracket that comes up and it's just boom i don't need all your little fancy dancy things that come and go i don't need like if you follow my cursor around to show you the 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 tv times just put the stuff on the the stupid page and let me look at it okay now i say that as a dude who posted this week about how i made some changes to the website and now i actually (laughs) made them happen sooner than they were gonna happen um, but seriously, man, like I'm, I'm over here, like or, as we're getting ready to get on the podcast, I'm like trying to just find a bracket. You know what? I can see two games. I can see two games at the top of the bracket. There's plenty of space, even on my tiny laptop, for there to be a, a, a bracket in front of me. You know what? The most of the is a banner ad for somebody to put in their their official bracket on the NCAA's website, which the NCAA, by the way, says that players can't take part of. But please, God. Do everything you can to take up all of the screen real estate to get me to go into your crappy bracket challenge nonsense. Anyway, that feels better. I just, I just really wish we didn't live in a place in a world where, as Patrick said, some uh, on our on our podcast Monday that like literally the NCAA tournament is the thing that fuels like everything about college sports in a lot of ways, and so like they have to do everything they can to make every dollar they can, and so like. I understand, like, why this is a big deal, and I get it, but, like, come on, man. You don't need 9,000 plugins. On, I can't even imagine what kind of nonsense this page is pulling down. But anyway, the NCAA tournament does begin technically tonight. Um, realistically, it, be, it begins 
on Thursday. Virginia is going to get an early game in said tournament. All of us, I think, were kind of expecting on some level this particular matchup. Maybe it wouldn't be in this particular region. Um, but ultimately, this is the one that we all got. Um, reading Ferber's preview, which will go live uh, if, as you listen to this later today, um, I, I, I find this matchup even more intriguing um, as, I've, as I've kind of learned more about the Seahawks. Um, how, how are we feeling? Uh, I guess let's do a little status check. Now that I've been on a rant, um, how how are we feeling going into to Thursday morning, Dave? Do you are you are you worried because they're one like crappy half of offense away basically from from having a season be over, or are you excited about the possibility of of, of showing another team that wants to get up and down? Uh, why why teams don't do that against UVA? Um, I mean, there's some worry there because of the inconsistency we've seen in the past few weeks, plus the, the question marks on our health status. Um, look, I, I think our program is, I, we're not established, you know, we're not, we're not Duke or Carolina or Kansas, but we've got a few years, you know, of success under our belt. Uh, we can probably absorb a loss, especially in this bracket, this matchup, five twelve. that's kind of known for producing upsets. Um, but as a fan, I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> so yeah, I am nervous for that reason, but look, as far as 12 seeds go, they're all going to be tough, and I think I like the one we got probably better than the other ones. That's fair. Ferber, what do you think? What do I think about what, UNC man? Wilmington? Or <laughs> well, no, it's it's kind of well, it's two different answers because I I like UNC Wilmington as a team, and I thought that they could be a dangerous team, but I think that, um, I mean, I think this is kind of a good matchup for UVA in a sense just because of how they've been able to dominate teams like that in the past. Um, but again, it's tournament time, so obviously the hand-wringing will ensue. Um, every shot feels like a huge shot until you're up 20 or down 20. So, um, yeah, I mean, excited to get started. Every game's going to be hard, but this team's obviously got flaws, but I still think that they have the talent to make a run if things break the right way. Um, I, 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 I guess maybe, I mean... Maybe I need a new hobby, um, but it just seems like to me that 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 trying to talk to UVA fans right now about this tournament is is difficult, right? Because I feel like for the vast majority of folks, their their mindset is fueled by two things: one, um, it, it, the the losing streak that this season wasn't on par with the with with re, other recent um, seasons the way that the, they lost in the ACC tournament, it's almost like at the same time that there's this like sense of foreboding, right? There's a sense of dread, like, the, you know, hand-wringing, whatever. But at the same time, like, there's this expectation that they should win. And so you ha- there's this, like, weird sort of balance between this, like, expectation that they should win, but, like, this constant sort of, um, um, like, not, it's not really fear, but it's like a, it's like a, and um, it's like an expectation they should win, but also an, a, a worry about the other shoe that's going to inevitably drop, you know. And so, like, you look at this bracket. So Virginia is a, is a, is the five. They're going to have to play if they if they beat Wilmington. They're likely going to have to play Florida in Orlando. Win that game, and you get the right to play likely Villanova in the Sweet Sixteen. Win that game, and you get the right to play likely Duke uh, for a chance to go to the Final Four. In a lot of ways, th- this is sort of the you know the revenge 
um, kind of angle for UVA. But I just feel like for fans, there's like this weird sense of like they know they know this team isn't as good, and yet the expectations in some ways are still high. I really wish I could talk to the vast majority of, of UVA fans and just say, listen, be mindful of like where they are as a team. And this is I, I talked about this on radio, but it's like it's not a moral victory sort of thing. It's like it's like be mindful that you lost a guy who might end up being the NBA Rookie of the Year. Okay. You, you lost uh, not just him, but also two very uh, productive guys in the post. You're, and at, before the season, essentially, you lost the number one transfer in the country, a former five-star um, big who would have been— and Don't leave out Nolte, man. We, we always forget Nolte. Oh, that's okay. Okay, a fair. valuable piece on defense. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, and then you also lost Austin Lake, Nichols but... um, you know, when he got booted from the program, and that changed everything about who you were. And I don't want to make it seem like it's a moral victory. It's not. It's just being realistic. And the real, realistically, the fact that this team could, you know, be in another Sweet 16 is, is I think, is, 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 very, uh, is very noteworthy. I think that that piece is going to get lost if that's the way it goes. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't get to the Final Four. And I think that a lot of this is fueled by fans who, you know, who really got – uh, invested in this program, who saw this team not lose much during the season and then have some struggles in the postseason, and it, and I guess I, I can see that it's it's hard to keep that perspective. But I just want folks to understand, like like you're, this is a transitional season. Whether whether they had you know Prontis in his fourth year going to his fourth tournament or not, like this was a transitional sort of season. And look, this team we've been saying this for weeks. The team ceiling is still pretty high. Their floor is very low, and the inconsistency part that you guys talked about earlier. Is is the difference between this team going in as a five seed and this team going into this tournament, you know, maybe as a two or a three? Um, you were going to lose games in the ACC this season. You didn't need to lose the games, some of the games that Virginia lost. Um, you know, losing to Duke, uh, losing that that first one to Carolina, even though you know they they got pasted in it. Like those aren't bad losses. I mean, there are several tournament teams that you lost to. Um, I just kind of feel like you know you you lose that game to Syracuse. Um, the game to Villanova in the middle of the ACC slate still, I think, stings in a lot of ways because it was right there for you. You know, the number one overall team in the in the country, uh, excuse me, in the tournament, and and Virginia basically had them beat on their home floor. Um, so I think that if I, like I said, I need a new hobby, but if I could just get all, uh, UVA fans to see this week in in some perspective, it would be this: be excited about the prospects, be frustrated if they play like crap. Um, you know, ding them if if you see stuff that you just don't think makes sense. But don't don't do the whole outrage train thing. You know, like that, like that's not that's that's just not. I don't know. It's just not what I don't want to say what this program deserves, but it, that's kind of true. You know, in a variety of ways. Um, how do you guys feel about Virginia's pod? Right. So so Wilmington pre- presents some challenges. Florida to me presents some serious challenges. I watched Florida a few times this year, and holy crap, that's a fast team. Um, how do you guys feel about Virginia's little pod this weekend and, and the chances of them getting through and playing uh, next weekend as well? Dave, let's start with you. I mean, they're really, you know, when you're a five seed, you can't <laughs> complain too much. Um, I mean, I, only thing I don't like is playing Florida and Orlando, but you know what? We lost some games. We got two to fifth. That's kind of what we deal with. Um, I mean, look, they're, Playing UNC Wilmington in Florida, um, while it's you know it's two two good teams. What Florida, I think you know Florida is the better of the two, but two teams capable of beating Virginia if they play well. And 
two teams capable Virginia is capable to lose to if they play poorly. Um, that's it. I don't think either one of them strike fear in you. And, you know, during this losing streak and tough play Virginia had towards the end of the ACC season, no offense to UNCW and Florida, but Virginia played much tougher back-to-back combos during that stretch. So, true, true. Um, they're certainly winnable. And, and this time of year, that's all you want. I mean, look, Virginia plays their game. You know, I don't want to get in prediction. But Virginia plays their game. They should, they can come out of there. Um, they can go home Thursday too, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, look, when you look at the other uh, four seeds, which would, you know, if you figure Virginia is going to be a, you know, a five, um, I think West Virginia's a four, Purdue's a four, Butler's a four. Florida might be the one I'd least like to get out of that group, other than maybe West Virginia. So, I mean, it is a little tough, especially in Orlando. But like I said, if Virginia hadn't stumbled down the street, down the road, they wouldn't be in the fifth seeds, you know, in the five spot anyway. The thing that struck me about Florida, and I, and I haven't done a ton of, of research on them because obviously they're not the, the opponent yet. But, like, look, Virginia number one right now in, in, in adjusted defensive efficiency in the country. But they're 332nd in terms of the average possession length. Um, which lasts 18.3 seconds, I believe. Um, Florida, meanwhile, number four in the country in adjusted efficiency, 317th, 18.1. So, like, whereas against UNC Wilmington, Virginia's going to have a little bit of an advantage, right? Because Florida, excuse me, Wilmington's strength plays right into Virginia's strength, right? Against Florida, both of these teams, all right, are uh, what I would say, they're both in the 30s in, in adjusted offensive efficiency. They don't necessarily... Uh, Florida, even though it's a fast team, guys who can get up and down, they're they're 119th in, in tempo. Um, so it's it, it's funny because in the first in Thursday's game, it, it's a it's a strength versus strength kind of deal. But Virginia's offense is still better than what Wilmington has done, at least in terms of the efficiency numbers on defense. Florida and Virginia against each other is is somewhat way too similar, right? Florida, it plays, and it's a different style, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but you're talking about a defense that plays very well and holds teams to, to shots late in clocks, right? Doesn't give up much easy. Same kind of thing. And I, so in a way, that, that matchup fascinates me. Um, they both obviously have to go out there and get wins on Thursday to, to get there, but I, I, I think that's a really interesting um, sort of uh, angle to it, not to mention the fact, like Dave said, that they'd be playing – the Gators in Orlando, which you know is not exactly that far from from Gainesville, um, and it's centrally located in the state uh, in a, in a very long, wide you know sort of um, uh, populated, heavily populated state. So I'd be interested to see what the what the building is like uh, for that game. For what do you think? What what what, what, what kind of stands out to you about this this pod? Um. UNC Wilmington, I for some reason I just had a feeling UVA was going to play them, so I was kind of already prepared for that. Um, I've gotten to see them play a few times this year. That's a legit team. I watched uh, East Tennessee State play in their conference title game. Uh, pretty athletic team. I don't think they'll beat Florida, but um, definitely capable. Um, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they went in there and beat them. Um, Florida is kind of a weird team. The game that uh, stuck out to me, there were two games really that kind of stick out to me from their season. The first was when they blew out Kentucky at home. Um, obviously, that was kind of uh, a big win for them. I mean, they won that game by like 22 points. And then the other game was the game they played the other day against Vanderbilt, where they just looked not great at all. Um, against a, an okay Vanderbilt team, I mean, that's a tournament team, but... Uh, 
I mean, it, it wasn't one of those games where you were just like, oh, you know, Florida's just got beat by a really, really good team. Like, Vanderbilt's fine, but they're not that great. Um, Vanderbilt actually beat them three times this year, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, but, I mean, Florida's got good guards. They've recruited well over the years, going back to when Billy Donovan was there, obviously. Really good defensive efficiency and then a good offensive efficiency as well. The thing that makes me a little dubious of them, perhaps, is that if you look at their schedule, um, I mean, they've beaten – here's the tournament teams they've beaten since January 1st. Kentucky at home, good win. South Carolina at home, Arkansas at home. That's it. They lost yeah. to Kentucky on the road. They lost to Vanderbilt three times. They lost to South Carolina on the road. They haven't really played a schedule that's challenged them. And the teams that – I mean, they lost the, They lost to Vanderbilt back-to-back games. So it's kind of like I don't really know – I mean, maybe this team's as good as they. I mean, because they they had a lot of blowout wins in SEC play, but that league is not good. So yeah, I think it might it might be kind of hard to tell how good those teams are until they go outside the conference. Yeah, that's a good look. I mean, it's funny if you look at Florida's season. I mean, they lose they lose those two back to back games to Duke and Florida State. Then they win what two, four, six, seven in a row. Lose two, win two, four, six, eight, nine in a row. But now they've lost three of their last four. Um, so I, 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 that's a good that's a good way to kind of frame it. You're not really sure what to make of them. You know, I think they're talented. I, I certainly think that uh, Casey Hill um, is a blur. Um, I think he's the exact type of, of guy who I think Virginia has, has kind of struggled with um, a lot in uh, in in recent years. Um, you know, I think that 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 team not necessarily quite as um, uh, as big as other teams, right? Um, the uh, oh, I don't even want to say that kid's name. Ibungu. Um, I don't know. I probably butchered that. Um, I think he he's only played what twenty four games this season. Um, so I just feel like it, it, that would be an interesting matchup for a variety of reasons. Um, it would be a, a much tougher task beating Florida in Florida than it will be like beating Memphis in Raleigh. Um, but at the same time, you know what? That's like Dave said. That's just kind of you know why they they are where they are. Uh, in terms of the yeah, bracket, there's one interesting thing. Ahead, um, the fact that Florida State is in the same is also playing in the same building as us. I, I wonder if Florida State wins and they're playing either Maryland or Xavier. Uh, Xavier the game after us, I assume on Saturday. Like, do we really think the Florida State fans are gonna be cheering for Florida? So I mean. <laughs> Maybe it evens out a little bit. Um, I mean, there there are worse opponents to have. Like, I can't imagine if we had Tech fans in the same building. Um, you know what the crowd would be like, given the fact that we're already in Florida. Right. Um, so we, you know, we might get some, you know, neutral fan support, especially if Florida State's playing the same day. So who knows? I mean, we've wanted tougher environments in a neutral floor in Orlando. True. Um, completely unrelated. I'm kind of looking forward to having uh, I, I, just the craziness of the Amway Center when Florida, Florida State, and Florida Gulf Coast all play in the same building on the same day. Um, I'm 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 gonna watch a lot of basketball. Um, all right, so let's look at the rest of the East, uh, and we'll we'll go we'll go region by region. It, if I if I'm gonna put money on it, which I'm not actually at this point in any of those, um, I just I don't I have a problem. I just don't know how I wouldn't pick Duke. Watching them kind of grow up a little bit, watching the way that Frank Jackson has kind of changed them a little bit, um, I just I I just have I just have I just don't see them losing 
um, before, um, I mean, maybe, you know, against Virginia in the regional final. I would have Duke coming out of the East um, as, as, you know, I'm sure plenty of folks listening to this podcast are now like wanting to, you know, um, spit on me or whatever. But what were what, what are your your guys' picks coming out of the East? What, what's your general vibe on this region, uh, Ferber? Let's start with you. What's your general sort of uh, read on on the East? I like Villanova, um, veteran team. I mean, obviously they've been there and done it. Um, so I mean, I think that Virginia, if Virginia plays them in the Sweet Sixteen, that might be one of their tougher games, just because obviously UVA knows they can play with them at this point and and can so. I think that that's something worth watching. Duke, to me, um, obviously a different team. Uh, I'm trying not to get caught up too much in conference tournament results, not just from Duke, but from other teams as well, like Iowa State. Um, I think Villanova wins the region. I kind of like SMU as a sleeper. I know a lot of people like them. Very talented team. Um, best team in the American. So I think that as a six seed, they could be dangerous to a team like Baylor, who has a tendency to... Uh, lose a lot of early tournament games, I guess I would say. So, I mean, I think Duke could easily get out of the bracket, but I I would pick Villanova right now if I was doing a bracket. So what about you, Dave? Uh, Villanova, Duke, Baylor, SMU? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I the bracket itself, I mean, we kind of talked before the selection show. I mean, the teams I wanted to personally avoid being the one or two in our bracket, um, I didn't want any part of Kentucky. I didn't want any part of Kansas. Um, and Duke was the other one I didn't really want a part of. So I was, I was really upset to see him fall as the two when Villanova's your one. Um, I mean, I guess well, the, I, I'm still kind of mind blown, not to get off topic, that, that Duke was the number seven overall seed on the NCAA. Like, what were they watching the last few weeks? Um, they weren't even the number one two seed. Um, anyway, it's – but the, the upside to that is, I mean, Virginia's played Villanova – twice in the past two years, almost beat them on their floor, beat them on their own, um, you know, beat us, beat them in Charlottesville and, and Duke, you know, Duke's probably the one team that's kind of had Tony's number. Um, but you know, beat them in the biggest game we've played them in. So look, they're both teams Virginia's got experience with. So that's the upside. Um, that said, even me as big of a homer, I just can't pick Virginia to, I've got Virginia getting to the Sweet 16 and playing Villanova. Um, so much as I wanted to, I just couldn't pick them to win that game. So I've got Villanova, Duke in the final. And I just think Duke's playing really good right now. I've got, you know, figure Villanova plays Virginia, two days later plays Duke. I've got Duke playing SMU to get to Villanova. Um, we all know SMU is way underseated. If you're on Twitter, you understand that. But anyway, um, <laughs> the – Jokes. I've got Duke getting there, and I don't. I think Duke's just got too much firepower for Villanova if they're playing well and still healthy. So I've got Duke coming out of the East as much as it pains me. Yeah, I mean the one interesting wrinkle in that is I could totally see Marquette beating South Carolina, and that being a weird sort of game for Duke. Um, yeah, I've got that because even though even though Woj hasn't been there. Um, in a while, it's still you know that's still an interesting matchup. But I, 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 it's funny. I I would really like to see that Villanova Duke game at the in the regional final. As much as I would love to be covering Virginia in it, um, so I, I, you know, like I said, I think Virginia has has the ceiling to you know if if, if they kind of get you know you can you you'll know it. I think um, when you see the first if they if they come out and they get that win, I think you'll know it 
seeing that uh, that that start of that second game. But they got it. I do like the today. symmetry of Virginia potentially. You know, the only success they have against Duke is beating them in the ACC tournament final, and then beating them to go to the sweets those Final Four. Yeah, that would be awesome. yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah. The one negative, uh, it's funny because I was talking about this earlier today, and and I thought, oh, you know, it's good because if you play a team you've already played, you don't have to worry about like doing a whole lot of scouts. So like, if they were to play Villanova or they play Duke, but then again, like, what's what? It's, 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 it's well, not just that, but also too, I feel like teams that play against the pack line regularly, got you know, teams. Have, it's almost like it's almost like facing a pitcher you've already seen once. You know, like you you understand his stuff better. So I think that it's not just the scout; it's also the feel of what it's like to play against that defense. Um, yeah, I mean, after Virginia Tech beats Villanova, it's going to be great to have them play again <laughs> in the Sweet Sixteen. So. Oh my gosh, can you imagine the? Board you know how meltdown? close I was hold to on. picking that game. Hold too? on, hold on, time out. Can you imagine the board meltdown? Jesus, there would be. You'd have six days to prepare for it too. Jesus Christ, can you imagine the board meltdown if Virginia Tech beat Virginia to go to the Elite Eight? <laughs> right? Can you imagine? I would just I, that would be the first time that I would really call the mothership. Like, can I get a can I get a, a some type of outage? Can I get? See, like but there's, a, if that happened, I mean, you would just kind of have to tip your cap, probably, unless they just played really bad. Like, Dude, we were joking about what the meltdown would have been like if Virginia Tech had made it to the ACC semifinals <laughs> and not Virginia. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. All right, let's go with the West and let's try to do these other three pretty quick. Uh, yeah. Gonzaga's the one. Um, I'm I'm a little bit um, I'm not quite as high on Gonzaga as, as some people. I like Arizona to probably get to the to the regional final. Um, I would not be surprised to see Notre Dame there. Just really wouldn't. And maybe that's a recency bias on my part. But I just look up and down that list, and that Notre Dame's the only team that start, that's kind of stands out to me that I think really could 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 mess up Arizona's mojo. How are we feeling about the West, and who do you think comes out of there? Ferber, let's start with you. I like Gonzaga. Um... I've seen Gonzaga play a lot. Um, I th- well, I guess I should go to bed earlier because that's probably not a good sign. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that they're a complete team this year. And I think in the past, it they have a reputation for losing early, and obviously some of that's rightfully so. I don't think that necessarily means they're a bad team. I mean, they've also made some Elite Eights. So I, I think that this is, could be the year that they break through. Um, they've already played and beaten Arizona, so it's not like, oh, they can't play with the big boys. So um, I think they have a real shot this year. I think the bracket kind of looks good for them. Um, I like your Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame could make a run if if somebody's going to get by Gonzaga. I think they could do it. Um, that West Virginia-Notre Dame game would be so fun. Um, I really hope that happens just because, you know, obviously West Virginia forces turnovers and tries to get out and run. Uh but Notre Dame doesn't ever turn the ball over, but they also like to play up and down. So I think that would be a really fun game. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I like Notre Dame a lot. I think Notre Dame's toughest game, and this is probably a slap in the face to Gonzaga. I think Notre Dame's toughest game is going to be against Princeton. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I could see them I, losing I think, that game. Yeah, I just think Notre Dame's just got too many guys that can handle the ball to, to have a big issue with West Virginia. Um and I think they're just going to, you know, Gonzaga as good as they are. I, I don't see them beating Notre Dame. Um, I've got Notre Dame playing Arizona um, in the final and, and Arizona moving on. I think Arizona is so different than they were early in the year. I mean, I've gotten a chance. It's one of the few teams in the Pac-12 I've gotten to watch play. And, like, they're scary good. And I've got them cutting it all down. Spoiler alert. I mean, <laughs> that, they've got they've got depth and play so many different ways. Um 
they're going to be a tough out. And I think that game is going to be super fun. I mean, Arizona, Notre Dame, um, other than Virginia beating Duke, that's probably the most – no, I do not have that in my bracket. But, um, yeah, I've got Arizona coming out of there. The thing – Ferber was talking about it and he said, you know, they've, they've played – there, but that was without Alonzo Trier. Yeah. And that dude can ball. I mean, like, maybe – I mean, look, maybe he's not going to be like Markel Fultz or he's not – but that kid can ball, man. Um, I that, that team I think, right I now is Notre just in, name... in a different ahead, place. No, I'm just going to say, I just think right now Arizona is just in a different place. Than they were earlier in the year, and I, I you know, I, I know they they lost to UCLA uh, a couple weeks ago, um, but I think they've they've had a good run against teams that you know maybe not maybe not the rest of the Pac-12 blowing it up, but I mean some some pretty decent competition, um, and of course they they you know they had a nice run in the uh, Pac-12 tournament. So if that's the matchup that in, that you end up getting, um, you end up getting Arizona Gonzaga. I could I could definitely see uh, Arizona getting that one, but I still I I still think Notre Dame. Um, trips up Gonzaga and gets there. Um, but what are you going to say, Ferber? I was just going to say, um, I think Gonzaga is kind of a tough matchup for Notre Dame. It depends on how you look at it, I guess. But um, Karnowski is just—I don't know how who they have that can hang with him in the post. Like he's way too big for Colson. Um, see, see, that's a, that's an interesting. But the only point. problem is you can pull him away from the basket, right? Exactly, exactly. And you yeah. have, and then you can get him a, a foul or two on him. Um, here's the thing, though: Notre Dame is. They're not big, but they are athletic, and they and I feel like they can close in around him. And Bonzi Colson might not be six eight six nine, but he plays that way, and he's strong. Uh, I didn't really appreciate some of his antics the other day, but like, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you got to give it. I mean, the kid can play, and so like, I, I'm I would actually be fascinated to see that matchup um, and just see what. But you know, then again, Mike Bray probably going to bring Martin Gebbin in, um, and we wouldn't even get it. So whatever. Um, in the in the in the South, Carolina's the 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 one um i still i still would have put duke there. anyway um if i'm looking at if i'm looking for somebody other than carolina i mean obviously ucla and lonzo ball kentucky down there at the bottom of the um of the field um i, I don't see anybody come i feel like this is going to be the region that i look back and go god i was really wrong about that one um, because I just don't, I don't look at this list of teams, and nobody jumps out at me and says, "Yep, this is the this is the guy, this is the team nobody expected to be in Final Four discussion." That's going to be in Final Four discussion. The only one is Seton Hall, but that's also because I, I still, um, I still love everything about uh, Angel Delgado. Uh, how are we feeling about uh, the South? And do you feel like it's Carolina, Kentucky, UCLA? What are we thinking, uh, uh, Dave? Let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's the one bracket I've got chalk all the way to the Sweet 16. Um, not every game, but one, two, three, four, making it there. That that bracket's loaded, man. I mean, Kentucky, Kentucky, UCLA, Carolina, those three, any of those three teams could cut down the nets. Um, so I'd be a little ticked if I was any of those three teams and got stuck in that bracket. Um, but I've got, I have a, I like UCLA a lot. I think Lonzo Ball is a great player. I just wonder how, and y'all gonna think I'm. This is a dumb reason, but I just wonder how much of a distraction dealing with his dad's gonna be by the time he gets to Kentucky. And Kentucky is a team that can be unmotivated at times. Like Levar Ball talking is gonna keep Kentucky motivated. So I've got Kentucky beating UCLA to face Carolina. Um, that's gonna be a heck of a game. And I kind of went ACC homer there and got Carolina coming out of the South. But that's. I don't. I could see UCLA getting in there. I could see Kentucky getting there. Um, I'm just gonna go ACC there. That's what I'm gonna do. 
Okay, real quick before I I just happened to click over and look at uh, Seton Hall's uh, roster a little bit more in depth. Literally, it is like every dude that I covered at some point on the EYBL, yeah. right? Yeah, There's they got a bunch of dudes. Delgado and Kadeen Carrington and Madison Jones and Javon Thomas and Vier Singh and Miles Carter. I mean, it is a who's who of like random dudes from from uh, basketball recruiting past. Um, it's almost like Kevin Willard is like, well, who are all those dudes Tony Bennett wanted? All right, let's let's go check. Let's go get those dudes. Um, Ferber, what about you? How are you feeling about uh, about this region? I like well, for one, I just uh, Middle Tennessee State. I think they're going to win two games. Okay, um, fair. I think they get to the Sweet Sixteen. I like Cincinnati to upset UCLA in the second round. Look at you. Um, yeah, I kind of like Kentucky to come out of the region overall, though. Um. I'm sure you guys remember, but Kentucky and UNC played yeah, back was, in Vegas, was, yeah, I think. Yeah, that was and that was an game. incredible game. Yeah. And Malik Monk had like 50 points. Um, if we get another game like that, then that would be awesome. I just something about this North Carolina team—they're a very good team, but the, something's just not right. Like, I don't know what it is. I feel the same way about Louisville. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. Like they don't—it's almost like they don't know how to do what they like do. It's like everybody values Louisville more than me. And I just I think it's weird. Like I feel like I watch them play a lot, and I'm just like, eh, I don't get it. Like, um, and I feel the same way about UNC now. I mean, I picked UNC to win the ACC tournament last weekend, but um, I don't know. It just for some reason it's just like they throw up clunkers sometimes. And I could definitely see Kentucky beating them in Memphis. Well, Carolina's problem is is that it's like their strength is really in the post, and they, it's like they don't know how to do it. It's like they it's like that first little burst of of Kennedy Meeks against Duke the other night, right? It was great. And then all of a sudden, where did it go? Like they just didn't know what they were doing. It's like it's it, I, one of the things that's interesting to me is that there's so much positionless basketball now and like teams are are essentially they don't need post guys anymore. But if you do have one and who can move, right? Now look, Kennedy Meeks has some issues. My brother-in-law who is a devout Carolina fan, has probably yelled at this kid more in his life because he just he knows that this dude has more in him than he shows. But I really think that the rest of the offense just doesn't know what to do with him. Like it's almost like they can't cons- like if you just consistently got him a touch, you know, like a like a like a pitcher, just go out there throw a strike, just throw the ball into Kennedy. Good stuff happens, and like it's like all of a sudden it's like they just for completely forget about it. You know, it's like a team who has a pretty good running game that just forgets that they should run the ball and just throws it three hundred times a game. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Carolina to me is is a little bit too helter skelter. They're just a little bit too. Um, it, it, it's almost like like Justin said, like you just it's it's you. I think I feel like I've seen them too much, right? And I, and I know that they they toss out a couple clunkers here and there, and so I, I can't trust them much in the way I, like I feel tough about trusting UVA to do X, Y, or Z consistently. And and in the in the Midwest, nice segue. I feel the same way about Louisville, and that's why I feel like Kansas gets out of this thing pretty. Uh, pretty easily. Uh, now I know. I, I think I just did. I just pick chalk. I don't know. Did I actually give a Carolina? I guess I'm picking Kentucky, and that's a two seed at least. Um, can't, I feel good about Kansas. I, I think Miami can give them a game. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of Oregon right now, considering the injury situation. Michigan could be a team I could see uh, beating Louisville, going uh, on to the Sweet 16, and 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 making some noise. But ultimately, I feel like this is Kansas's region to to win. I mean, how they're they're playing in Kansas City. Um, I just don't see another like viable option in that group, and and I might I might be like Ferber. I've seen Louisville too much. I've seen them throw up too many clunkers. Uh, I have to assume that like they play people other than UVA. Um, 
But to me, I could see Michigan getting through there and being the team that ultimately Kansas has to beat to, to get to the Final Four. How are you guys feeling about the Midwest? Ferber, let's start with you. This is the one bracket where I have like a really chalky bracket this year, and I think this is the one where things could get weird. Um, Kansas has a lot going on with that program right now. Yeah, that's a very um, good point. And yeah, and and this bracket just has like a lot of solid teams in it that I don't know if they're great teams, but they can beat teams like Kansas. So like Purdue, I could easily see Purdue beating Kansas. I could easily see Iowa State beating Kansas because they already did it. So and then Oregon is down a player, but they're still a really good team. I mean, they're undervalued as a three seed, I think. Um, if they can get Richard's production from somebody else, and I know that's a lot to ask um, or something close to that, then they're a really dangerous team. Um, and then you have Louisville, who I just kind of crapped on a minute ago, but they're still a good team. And then Michigan, who just won the Big Ten. Um, and then Rhode Island is an 11 seed. They just won their conference. I mean, I think this is a – it's maybe not the strongest overall 16-team bracket of the four, but it's the weirdest one to me, the one that I could see getting off the rails. So I have Purdue beating Oregon in the Elite Eight. Interesting. What about you, I Dave? Kinda, I know the Big Ten's not that great, but I could see. I just feel like there's going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of ones and twos, and then there'll be like one other team thrown in the final four, like a four or a five seed. What about you, Dave? How you feeling? Yeah, I mean this bracket. Look, when they first when the brackets first came out, I thought the West was the easiest. Um, but you know the West has got some elite teams. I think the Midwest. I think Justin nailed it. It's a bunch of. Really good teams and no one that really scares you. Um, right, right. But Kansas has been at the top of the top of the the rankings all year. But like, they just lost uh, to TCU. Off, yeah, I mean, but I think they're they're a byproduct of playing in the conference they play in and being Kansas. Um, it's I've actually got Rhode Island coming all the way out to the Sweet Sixteen in this one. I've got them beating Creighton, beating Oregon. Um, I think Michigan's a, a cool story, but I think they're a little overvalued right now. Um, I could see them losing in the first round. Yeah, I, I debated having to lose the first round. I gave them that game, but look, if Louisville's playing anyone else, I, I thought about bringing Oklahoma State out, but I've got Louisville beating Michigan there. Um, and then Iowa State was the – look, I've got like four scratches on this bracket, but I ended up <laughs> – Iowa State's really good and can – look, they can shoot the ball. Um, and it, like you said, they beat Kansas – all that said, I end up bringing out Kansas and Louisville because <laughs> a year where we joke, we talked about how there was no dominant team and it was a year of like really good teams. I end up having a one seed, a one seed, a two seed, and a two seed in the final four because, of course. Well, the reason for that is probably because all those teams are sort of bunched together. You know, like I, I yeah. look at, I look at, um, you know, I look at Gonzaga, for example, and I think, you know what, that's a solid team. And I look at Villanova and I think, you know, that's a really good team bordering on great. Um, would we feel that way if they hadn't won the national championship last year? But at the same time, they did. You know what I mean? I look at Kansas and, and Ferber's point about them. You know, there's a lot going on around that program. Um, but like, I, I think this is a perfect example of a region where some randomness is going to happen, and yet chalk will still prevail. And I think that's generally the to me what I see during the, the NCAA tournament. The first weekend, there's a whole bunch of you know randomness, and then it, it really equals it, it kind of so, so, sorts itself out. Uh, I don't know if I'd say Michigan is is overvalued right now. I do think that uh, the story part of it is not something that's messing with me. I'm mean, I'm looking at it from a more of a basketball standpoint. Um, but I also think that you know if Purdue 
if Purdue beats Iowa State in Milwaukee and gets to the Sweet 16, um, could they could they trip up Kansas? Absolutely. Um, could Rhode Island, like you said, get through to the Sweet 16, beat Creighton, beat Oregon, um, and, and and trip up you know a Michigan or a Louisville? Uh, you know what? What I find interesting about this is that uh, we. Michigan State's in this in this uh, in this region, and we've not mentioned them one time. Now I don't know if that's because we all you know have have aversion to to, the, to Sparty or what, but and, and I'm not saying I, I'm expecting them to to all of a sudden become good again, um, but it would be the most Michigan State thing ever for them to all of a sudden become good again. You know they beat they beat Miami. Nobody really talks about it. Then they shot Kansas, and next thing you know, it's it's Michigan State and Purdue. Um, for a chance to get to the Elite Eight, and then it's Michigan State and uh, and and Louisville maybe to to play in the Final Four. I mean, I'm just saying it's a weird stranger thing. It's a weird, happen. yeah. I mean, it's a weird bracket. If you, I mean, seriously, if you look at all 16 teams in that bracket, the only ones I can tell you I would say have zero chance of beating Kansas are going to be the first team they play: North Carolina Central, Jacksonville State, and then probably Iona. But I could see Vermont beating them. I could see Rhode Island beating them. I could see Nevada beating them. Like every other team in that bracket, if they got there, could potentially beat Kansas. Um, it, it's weird, man. It, yeah, it is. A, it is a weird region. It is a lot of. I think just. I mean, it is a lot of really good teams in that bracket. Yeah, yeah they're all. They all just look the same. Like if they right. were. That was kind of what I meant. Is like everybody from seed two to seed seven almost feels like the same to me. Like, yeah, I don't really like Creighton that much because they're kind of banged up and Oregon is too. But like Purdue, I mean, Purdue and Iowa State, they, their seeds could switch like Louisville. You know, they're a two, three, four seed. But then it's like all those other teams. And it's like, eh, they just they're all just thrown in a pot. And I had the exact same reaction as you, Brad, when that bracket came out and I saw Michigan State as a nine seed. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> you know, they're going to do this again. <laughs> like. Yeah, I think I heard on one of the 8,000 hours of coverage ESPN's had recently. Um, it's been like three or four years in a row with the seven seed making the Final Four. That may be true. That can't be right, can it? I mean, Syracuse was a what last year? Seven? Syracuse was a 10 seed. I, ten okay, seed. I think so they were 10. They were, they it's been at least a couple of years in a row two. then. So that... I'm going to ask a question. Who's the seven-plus seed you can see making the Final Four out of this bracket, out of this tournament? Out of the tournament? Um, yeah. Hmm. Assuming one's going to do it because that seems to be recent history. So let, let's so let's let's encapsulate this. So you're looking for a team who is who is seeded, seeded seventh, seventh or, or lower. Or, yeah, seventh yeah. or worse that could right. make the Final Four. Um, I, and I promise not to fall in love with Seton Hall. Um, hmm. Hmm. You know, Purdue – because of 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 they're Swanigan, a, they're a four seed. Oh, I saw the seven. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, pretend I, I didn't. Have, have... Uh, one of the teams that I kind of am looking at right now um, is. Oh my god, I just had them. Um, no, no, no. I don't think they can go that far. Um, oh my god, I just had them. This is great radio. Oh, I was saying, but. I don't well, want to give up on by telling you. <laughs> Wisconsin would make sense because you could totally see them get by Tech and then maybe beating Villanova and then they get into yeah, the If they beat Villanova, then anything's possible because, I mean, they have a bunch of guys who have been there and done it. Right, like, and, and because everything opens up for them the way it was supposed to open up for Villanova. Uh, you know, it's funny. Michigan State at 9, Seton Hall at 9 um, in, in the West. 
I mean, is there a team? Uh, I don't know. Xavier. Dayton's a pretty good team. Hey, you know, we didn't mention Wichita VCU. State in the ten, man. That's yeah. what I keep looking at. Well, but if Wichita don't... State got there, you know how much like if they got there, they'd win it all because they would have beaten the three hardest teams they were to face. True, that's very true. I I just don't know, man. I don't I don't see them getting past Kentucky. I just yeah, I mean me neither. But in Indianapolis, I, just I mean they see. really got. You talk about a team that got screwed in the seeding. I don't want to hear SMU whining. Like Wichita State, a tenth, not only a ten seed, but a ten seed in that bracket is just brutal. Yeah, yeah no, I think that was pretty bad. We haven't talked about VCU at all. Um, I think VCU's underseeded a little bit. <laughs> uh, that St. Mary's game should be pretty interesting. Although I don't yeah. think, I mean, I don't know, man. St. Mary's is just not that impressive to me. But let me know. I'll be watching. <laughs> Will not be watching that one. Um, yeah, if they, but I could totally if if. Look, VCU were to upset upset Arizona, like we would literally never hear the end of it. Like it would it would be yeah. all anybody in this particular part of the state ever talked about. Um, I think uh, Rhode Island is kind of yeah. a sneaky team too. Good point. Good point. Um, Creighton in the I don't first think round, get but to the final four. But I could see him I mean, get to the Sweet Sixteen at least. Yeah, uh, and then they'd have to beat Louisville and or I mean, and Louisville or Michigan. Um, if you want, that. honestly, if you want like a deep sleeper down the board. Like really far down the board, I kind of like. I mean, it's yeah. Middle Tennessee State's the obvious one, but if they got by Virginia, UNC Wilmington could do some damage. True. Although they would have to. You, the, the, it's funny because like the, the Villanova, I think, would be too much for them. But like, well, but they'd also but have, to, they'd have to. have to go through Wisconsin. two yeah. very good defenses in yeah. a very short amount of time. And I just don't know if they've played anybody with the elite defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at the teams they've played this season. And, and look, I, I think that one of the one of the downsides to analytics is that, or and algorithms and and so much data is that we kind of feel like we we know a lot more. You never really know what a team's going to look like until they get on the floor against somebody really good. You know, and sometimes kids play really really well in those situations, and sometimes they fold. And so Wilmington gets out there, beats Virginia, and then goes through Florida. Hell, I mean, what do you? How are you going to doubt them? But at the same time. To expect somebody like Wilmington who hasn't played a particularly challenging schedule, the, the CAA ain't the CAA as it used to be, um, to get through both Virginia and Florida, those two defenses, I mean, Wilmington would have to hit uh, a, a significant sort of, like almost, I don't want to say historic, but like significant offensive um, um, rhythm. And I mean, I just don't know. I mean, I understand that they, that, you know, they they just won their conference tournament. And they're in a good place and everything. But I'm just saying that's a different type of defense that they're going to face, and, and they have not faced anything remotely close to it all season long. I mean, the closest you can even say they came is Clemson, Clemson, and they lost by 14. 14. South Dakota State, Gonzaga, anyone? <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. All right, so uh, let's let's end on this note. If there is going to be a monumental upset in this tournament, it will be which team? Which team beating which team? The monumental. You given uh, you given North Dakota any chance over Arizona? You given North uh, Northern Kentucky any chance over Kentucky? You given uh, Texas? Yeah, Mexico uh, State over Baylor is probably mine. I don't know if we can 14. go monumental on a three seed, but okay. I think you I think you got to go Richmond Spiders over Syracuse 15 plus. Uh, okay, then I would say Jacksonville State over. <laughs> that's Louisville. who I was going with too. Yeah, <laughs> that's because we all think. And I'm the one who thought highly of Louisville prior to the ACC tournament. And I watched I watched Jacksonville State's conference tournament, and they're they're not that bad. Like I think they're they a 22 a, point have, underdog just for the record. Weird, right, they for, have like a they have a weird record. They have like a lot of losses, but like they have some talent. Like, what if New Orleans gets past Mount St. Mary's 
And they already lost. They already did. They already lost. Yeah. When was that? It ended like right before we start. Uh, right oh, halfway just kidding. The well, I guess that's not going to be an option. <laughs> because <laughs> no, I, I think had Wake Forest coming all the way out and beating UCLA. I'll tell you that much. The Fighting uh, Danny Mannings. Uh, yeah, I like those I guys a lot. It. I don't either. I've they got them beating Cincinnati, games. though. They just lose too many games to average teams. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think that's a good place to put a pen in it. We'll be back next week to either talk about UVA's pending matchup in the Sweet 16 or to talk about the end of Virginia's 2016-2017 uh, season, <laughs> which are very different podcasts if you don't. <laughs> that's very, Maybe we very, should just record them both now. <laughs> those yeah. are very different shows. You know, it's funny because I listen to all these nerd podcasts and like they're talking about like how like yeah we we you know we these these two I don't know if you guys noticed it but we actually recorded those back to back and I'm always like man that would be so great to have like a whole podcast where you didn't have to react to exactly what happened 24 hours ago. Um, but yeah, like that those are two very different shows and uh, um, I guess we'll we'll wait and see which which version you guys get next week, but. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to, to support the show. Uh, give us a, a, a look on your favorite podcast app. Um, great way to listen to it as well as uh, on the on the site as well. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving me their time all season long, uh, all whatever long. Um, so we'll, we'll we got see. three more weeks, baby. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Uh, for uh, for for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.